The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. For some football talk. This is from Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and the coach Al Gross. We'll tackle the personal and unheard stories of the players, coaches, and fans. And we'll score with the stories and headlines from this week in college and pro football. Now, here's the coach Al Gross with Derek Kennard. And here we are on another Monday night in DK. What a weekend of football. Wild card weekend. One of my favorite weekends for football. It weeds out a lot of the people who we think shouldn't be there. And this week we had the surprise of the playoffs as we start in from under the helmet with Coach Al Gross and Derek Kennard with the Seattle Seahawks upsetting the Saints, the, big the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> What's your yeah. thoughts on that? Well, you know what, Coach? Uh, the, the, those New Orleans Saints, man, they just disappointed me. I had I had the Seahawks scheduled to win this, uh, to lose this game, and we turned out to uh, with the Saints showing up in that Seahawks stadium and did not did not show up at all. Uh, you know, the, the, I would love to think that. The Seahawks' 12th man did not play a factor, but it did. I think that's It 12th, sure did. Oh, man. And, you know, I, I don't understand the architecture of that stadium and why and how it's so loud up in that place, but it is, and it causes a distraction for even the the, the beastly of teams to come in there, and uh, they, they all struggle going into that Seattle stadium. And you know Drew Brees, who is a seasoned quarterback, obviously because he's the defending champ, uh, went in there and the crowd noise did play a factor. And when you throw 60 times, 60 times in one football game, the chances are is that you're going to come up on the short end. And we saw uh, where Drew Brees and them, they didn't really have the running game. And the play of the game, and probably will be the play of the year, the run by Marshawn Lynch, I got to say that that was the best run I've ever seen playoff history or really period because he 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 took on nine players and still scored and then it it was just something that you saw the heart and determination uh going to that run. Yes, you know, I I saw that run over and over again on ESPN over the weekend and I just, you know, just amazed at the young man that he gave the dookie, I call it the dookie stick. <laughs> when you give no, a it's the dookie stick. <laughs> it's the dookie stick. When a man stick you that hard with a stick like that and knock you 20 yards out the way, 
Man, that's that's better than bubbling your snot. That's uh, you 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 know bubbling your snot is the ultimate for me. But you give a man a dookie stick and knock him twenty yards off, man. That man has been doing his work in the weight room, and man. You know, knowing the lynch mob uh, family from from back in Oak Town down in Oakland, okay. California, California, with with Lorenzo Lynch and all the lynch mob people down there in the, in the, in the Bay Area and the Northern Cal, man, y'all did some good work with that fella. Uh, the, with all the gold teeth and all, uh, you got to got to take the braids and the gold <laughs> the teeth gold and all. The gold tip on the braids. <laughs> that but was he, it. yeah, he, he had an excellent game, and of course those uh, what he uh, what he got 130 yards on the on the day, yards and, and uh, 60, 60 on that run. So, jeez, that um, was one heck of a run. But that I think that right there clinched the game up for the uh, Seahawks, and that really gave them. Uh, the advantage after uh, running that ball. And once again, the running game. I keep trying to tell you, big fella, well, this time know. of the year, that running game, it it makes it, it men, young men, come young men, and little boys will be little boys. Well, I think the injuries to the uh, Saints' first two running backs, and they came in there with the with the with the backup they had just picked up actually Thomas Jones who did an ad- adequate job uh, that that just sometimes injuries late in the season have have a fa- are a factor in the playoffs. Well, yes, this, it does. Yes, it does. The next game we have uh, was the the Jets in the Colts, which was uh, a mm-hmm. one of the things Rex Ryan was talking about uh, how he had never beaten Peyton Manning, and he came in. Uh, Saying that before the playoffs that they were gonna, this is what they're working for. They're gonna beat the teams that they need to beat, and and sure enough, he's gotten his wish. He's gotten the Jets and uh, uh, the, paying the Colts this week, and he's got his uh, his nemesis, the New England Patriots, <laughs> and Tom Brady coming up next week. Well, you know, going into that, uh, the Jets Patriots game is there's no love lost between those two teams. And either the two coaches, That's and right. and I, I, you know, I, I know, I know Ryan is he's constantly trying to bait Belichick to to say something, do something, do something. I dare you to do something or say something to give me some <laughs> bulletin work to rev my team up. But he That's won't right. give he won't give him nothing. The man works quiet, quiet demeanor. He goes about his business and coaches his team up. You know, Rex and Ryan better be careful because he's he may be setting himself up for for Bozo the Clown to get knocked down. Watch out now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that uh, they did a job on the on the on the Jets on the Colts, and they did uh, did it by running the football. They they utilized Danian Thomason. He looked like he did earlier in the season, and uh, the Colts really didn't have much of a running game. Uh, they depend on Peyton Manning, and I think those injuries uh, to the to the, the receivers and the matchup with putting uh, Darrell Revis on Reggie Wayne, he had one catch for one yard, and that that kind of caps uh, caps it off why they didn't weren't too effective. Of course, you got to. I don't. I can't believe they didn't move Reggie Wayne around and to try, to make. To make the Jets try to find him, uh, when I say move him around, I'm talking about put the put man in motion. motion. Right. Uh, just make make him find the man because so they, they know they made that team one dimensional once they took away their running game. And then of course, you know, yes, 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 injuries did play a part with making Peyton Manning offense be one dimensional and. 
You know, it wasn't that hard because, you know, hey, they, 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 they've been plagued by injuries all year long. But Peyton Manning been getting it done with these uh, makeshift receivers and people they've been getting off the streets uh, uh, from, from, uh, from the trucking company, wherever they find these guys <laughs> at. But, they, hey, they've been performing very, uh, very well up to now. But, you know, this, <clears throat> it catches up to you when it catches up to you, big fella. It sure did. And we saw uh, them have a stretch of they lose, losing three or four games in a row and people were talking about is this Peyton Manning the end of Peyton Manning we saw it wasn't the end of Peyton Manning but the injuries to the other players like Austin Colley and the other guys he could possibly go to on a regular basis the Dallas Clark being out those were the types of things that he could have went to those guys had he, he had them a little more often but I don't think he's as familiar with these other guys yes Peyton Manning he could perform uh, pro, uh, prolifically in a, in, in, in a high level one when he have all his weapons with him, but at he can't uh, perform efficiently when he doesn't have his weapons in front of him. And he's only one-dimensional right now without a running game. they got to go out and get them a running back that's going to be consistently healthy and, and or they uh, do like the other teams do. They have a one-two punch where they, they don't rely on just one running back. they got they got thunder and lightning. they got O and Wee. They, they <laughs> <laughs> mustard and mayonnaise and peanut butter and jelly. Come on now. Help me out now, baby. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I can top that, DK. <laughs> I can't top that well, one. You're going to let me run with it. You know, I'm going to run, big fella. Yes, sir. Hey, now we have the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Kansas City struggled a little bit down the stretch. And uh, they went into the playoffs uh, after getting beat down by the Raiders. And we saw a continuance of that with the uh, Baltimore Ravens pretty much playing big boy. And uh, these guys were young, a young team, and they just physically put it on them. Yeah, man, you know that that it really, it really wasn't a competition with this one. It was just men among boys. I, I'm not quite sure if I want to spend much time talking about the the Kansas City Chiefs. The only thing I want to say is it sets us up to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers going to be in a bloodbath with the Ravens, and we're going to talk about that a little later. And uh, you know, with, uh, with with this with this game here, you know, it was just men's uh, men among boys. It's a, a seasoned veteran going against a whole bunch of uh, really young young players with the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, and we'll go into our final game, which was the Green Bay Packers and the Philadelphia Eagles, and we saw uh, that the Philadelphia Eagles had a turnover there late in the game, and it came down to missed field goals. But we have to give the Green Bay Packers a lot of credit because uh, they did uh, put that defensive formula together. And, I, and as I say, DK, you got to watch the matchups when we need to line these games up. And I believe that the Green Bay Packer secondary matched up very well with that wide receiver core. And then on the other side of the ball, we had uh, the the receivers for the Green Bay Packers. And I didn't see where they can, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles had as many cover people that could cover that type of offense. And Aaron Rodgers had a big game. Yes, Aaron Rodgers had a big game, of course, but uh, you you got to look at the Philadelphia Eagles when it was with, without LaShawn uh, Jackson. It really, really diminished their offense of the threats of their offense and weapons that uh, Michael Vick has was diminished. So you and then you look at the other team. Hey, they had. A running game. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Smack you in the mouth. Smell what the rock is cooking. (laughs) 
taste my flavor, baby. Because uh, you know what? That it, it, this this young man had 123 yards with 23 attempts. Starks. His name is Starks. Get used to hearing that name because you're going to hear more about him during the, the course of the playoffs as we progress through the weeks, big fella. So that was one heck of a game, one-point victory. How about that? Well, and then you see uh, the coach, Mike, Mal- uh, Mike Malarkey, the coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, you have to give him a lot of credit for going with the running game because a lot of these coaches like Andy Reid, some of these other coaches, they get too pass happy, and you see where they uh, it costs them in the long run. Yes, it does. It, you know, it, once again, the running game, controlling the clock, controlling the tempo of the game, you got to run, be able to run the ball to control the clock. And, hey, man, it's, it's, it's the time of year, man, where you have, to, you have to be more than one-dimensional this time of year to, to, to advance deep into the playoffs and to get this thing done, big fellow. That's right. And after we come back from the break, we'll get into what's going to happen next week when uh, we have the next uh, week's playoffs. The teams that had the buys are going to be in this uh, in this tournament, and we're going to find out who's going to come out on top. Yes, sir. We got a couple of bullet baths going to go down, and it's going to be a good one. All right. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Are you ready for an old school in your face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football-related topics on the program From Under the Helmet with your hosts, Derek Ennard and the coach, Al Gross. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. It's more than a sports show. Tune in every Friday for End of the Bench with Tony Bowie. Tony knows and does it all. Whether it's sports, business, or politics, the discussion all comes to focus in one place. You'll hear from the personalities as well as the everyday people, each bringing their own perspective to the discussion. This is a weekly forum that you'll want to be a part of. End of the Bench with Tony Bowie airs live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You 
are listening to From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and the coach, Al Gross. We want to hear from you now. Call in with your comments, questions, or whatever to 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or shoot us an email to dk7trey at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back from Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and Coach Al Gross. And, you, you know, before we get into these next matchups, uh, games and matchups for this coming week, I want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers, Coach Al Gross. We, we have the San Francisco 49ers hired Jim Harbaugh, and this young man is coming out of the Stanford organization or, or a university man and that was an excellent program he was running there but you know it's always time to move on with these coaches what it is that coaching carousel carousel just continues to move on and on but uh i don't know if it was the money honey or what <laughs> <laughs> or was it uh or, or was it just this the aspirations to to play at the highest level and to work with the men that he's uh he's grown accustomed to work with because you know he's a former professional as well so what do you think your your thoughts on him moving on or do you think he should have stayed there in uh, Stanford well I think that first of all I want to say that was an excellent choice by the San Francisco 49ers to bring him in for what he did at Stanford to take a finesse team and turn him into a power football team and a running football team and a team that plays aggressive defense was something that I think continues on to what Mike Singletary was trying to do there in San Francisco. And then you got to look at sibling rivalry. His brother's the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, and they they have a history of they're from the Bay Area, which is another factor. And I think it was a natural fit for the 49ers. That's why you see them go all out and offer them $5 million. So the money didn't have, kind of had to have a little something to do with it. And Stanford couldn't match that as a university, paying that kind of money, $5 million over five years, guaranteed $25 million. You know, that's kind of a little steep for, for the Stanford Cardinal. But, uh, you know, it was a good pickup. And, uh, to see what happens. Bill Walsh came from Stanford, so maybe there's something there. Yes, yes. Bill Walsh came from there, and so did uh, 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 Mr. Green. Yes, sir. Mr. Green was from Stanford as well, uh, as well as Northwestern. But uh, moving on, we have the Cowboys uh, retained coach uh, Garrett. Jason Garrett was uh, retained, and uh, and they kept him. Uh, you thought that was an excellent choice for no, the Cowboys? No, I uh, don't. I, I don't. I think the fact that— What is that, your major malfunction with the Cowboys, man? man? What is man, your major me, malfunction? Look, Jerry Jones— and Al Davis are drinking the same Kool-Aid. <laughs> I think they're both starting to get a little too too up there in the age and making decisions. I understand Jason Garrett uh, played for the Cowboys and all that, but we, if we look back and look at the fact that the Cowboys could not score points and move the ball during the first part of the season, when they had Romo and he was calling the play uh, plays, and 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 now they're giving him the job after winning. Three out of five games, or whatever he won, which is not wasn't really impressive to me. Maybe he didn't have Romo. Some people want to be sympathetic, but I don't think that they they made a good decision. I thought Jerry should have went after a Bill Cow or somebody like that, Harbaugh, anybody. But uh, you don't really change the culture, in my opinion, when you got the same guy on the same team that underachieved. Well, we. we- this has one of those uh, we'll wait and see type of type of feelings. So we're gonna wait and see, big fella. Plus, you got bad luck, Slep Rock, 
uh, Tony Romo, who's always, after year after year, it's always something, injury or uh, muff snap or something that uh, I, I don't know. Okay, okay. You can tell I'm not a Cowboy fan. I, <laughs> but that's all right, big fella. It's okay. I'm going to massage that with you just a little later. But uh, we're going to move forward with the Raiders. The Raiders fired their coach. And uh, who is the incumbent coach coming in, uh, the possible <laughs> candidate to be the Raiders head coach in your mind? They they say that the leading candidate in the, Bay, the papers out of the Bay Area are saying Hugh Jackson, who was the offensive coordinator, and they did make some strides at the offense in the offense this year. I think it's a prize that getting rid of Jamarcus Russell. You had a quarterback who didn't really respect the game. Then you brought in uh, two quarterbacks. Uh, you had Jason Campbell you got from the Redskins and, and Gradkowski, who I believe is a good quarterback. Kind of reminds me of Jeff Garcia. But uh, <laughs> you, you finally got to an 8-8 eight and eight situation where the team was playing hard and playing for the coach. Sure. And then you cut, and then you get rid of him. I don't understand. NFL really means not for long when you're talking about Coach Farrell Davis. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And it's unfortunate that uh, it's going to be a tough position to field. And, and that's, that has another one of those wait and sees. We're going to have to wait and see what, uh, what uh, develops here in the Bay Area with the Raiders. Um, man, he may him, hire Jason Garrett. Maybe he might hire Jason man, Garrett. You know that's a negative. We got that on the lock, <laughs> big fella. Hey, well, let's move forward to these matchups for this week. Let's, uh, let's go with Chicago and Seattle. Seattle going to Chicago. Do you give Seattle any hope of a chance to win this ball game in Chicago? Not unless they can take 60,000 of their fans with them. I don't see them winning. They're okay. home without the home field. I don't see them winning. I didn't see them winning last week, but I doubt very seriously if they're going to Chicago and beat the Bears because uh, the Bears are going to run the football number one, and I don't Seattle can't stop the run which that wasn't exploited because the Saints had injuries. And then you think of the fact that I'm not sold on Matt um, um, Hasselback. Okay. Uh, I don't think he's a Super Bowl or, or really a playoff quarterback. He had a good game last week, but uh, uh, they're going to get beat down. You don't think uh, my man Marshawn Lynch gonna give it up, give him give Lance Briggs or or Erlacher the dookie stick and 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 and, and take it for 130 yards uh, this weekend, big fella? Nope. In the words of Danny Don Meredith, turn out the lights. <laughs> the party's over. <laughs> Well, we'll see how that matchup goes. And, uh, okay, I'll take Chicago on that one as well. Moving forward to the Green Bay Packers at Atlanta. Man, we got some heck of a matchups here with, uh, with, uh, the tight end matching up with our, with the linebackers of Green Bay. Who in the heck gonna cover? My man Gonzalez coming out, coming out underneath, and uh, he also runs that seam and then breaks through that cover too, like he makes makes Swiss meat out of that stuff, like sweet Swiss cheese, just like that cheese they bring it from from the Green Bay. Well, here's another one where you, where I'm looking at the matchups, and if if they. Packers who do not really run the ball. They ran enough with this this new guy they had back there. Starts. They run enough. But if they become one-dimensional and you find that Aaron Rodgers is throwing about 45, 50, 60 times a game, that's going to mean that the, the uh, they're going to be playing from behind and that Atlanta gets up. Now, <clears throat> to stop the Atlanta Falcons, you first got to stop Michael Turner. And I think they're going to they're gonna make sure they put enough running 
into their offense. They're a very balanced team on both sides of the ball, and they're at home. So I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons, and I believe in their quarterback. I think that young guy is a, is a, is a good quarterback and can win this next game. Yes, I'm drinking a whole lot of that Kool-Aid with uh, Matt Ryan. Oh, with, you you starting to drink the Atlanta Kool-Aid? Yeah, now, I'm, huh? well, you know what? I, you, they has a they have a great running game with that running back Michael Turner back there, and you know he got them big old thunder thighs, and he he he, he got the quickness to go with it. I'm, I'm digging, I'm digging what they doing Rowdy down White. there in Atlanta. Rowdy White, he just opens up that offense. They're they're they're, they're multi-dimensional. They have to play them honestly, but uh, you know they're gonna have to keep an eye on that uh, that that uh, linebacker down there they have in Green Bay, and <clears throat> that's that uh, Clay Matthews Jr. Clay Matthews is something else, boy. They better keep an eye on him. Well, moving forward, we got a bloodbath that's going to occur down up in the Pittsburgh playing the Baltimore Raven. And you know what? This this may not even be about the matchups, about the game. Who's going to come out of this thing more healthier <laughs> to, to, to even advance to the next game? Because this is going to be a bloodbath, and it's going to be some casualties of war up in this one here. Talk to me. Well, you see two teams that look very are very similar. You, you got two teams that first they want to run the football, uh, and they have two good, young, strong running backs that they feature, Rashard Mendenhall and Ray Rice. Uh, and it's who can stop the run. Now, I'm going to pick Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh has been the most effective team in the league at stopping the running game. And Joe Flacco, when you asked him to throw the ball too many times, he's interception prone. And also on the other end, on the other side, got to go with a guy who's already won two Super Bowls, and that's uh, the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. And well, I love Mike, the way Mike Tomlin's handled that football team since he's gotten there. Well, I, I, I can appreciate your assessment of that, Coach Al Gross, but you know what? I'm going to have to go with the Baltimore Ravens. You know why? The last time they they busted his nose and blooded his mouth up there, boy, I, <laughs> I, 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 something about getting some bodily fluids from somebody just really, really gets me jacked up. And I smell what the Rock is cooking on this one, and I smell the Baltimore Ravens pulling this victory out in Pittsburgh. Get some! Oh, man. I'm Get sorry. some! I'm sorry to hear you feel that way, DK. <laughs> <laughs> but at home, Heinz Field and the whole bit, uh, I, I just don't see okay, it. Okay, okay. Well, you can, we can agree to disagree, but we got the Jets and the New England coming up, and this has been a war, a war of words with the with the head coach uh, just kind of talking to himself, with Rick, Rick Ryan talking to himself and not uh, getting much response out of the quarterback or the head coach from New England because they go about their business doing their thing, and they got to go up there to New England, and uh, I think New England is going to make Swiss meat out of this. Well, I'm going to pick the Jets to go in there and – because I don't see a running game with with the with the Patriots, and I don't think they're going to win. And I don't like the Patriots anyway. And neither do I like Tom Brady, but they are a good team. I have to respect that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Jets because I don't think that uh, a physical play I think will win out. 
Okay, man, I'm, I was, I'm kind of surprised, but I'm ticking back. I don't, you know, hey. Uh, <laughs> you better fix your mouth, as you always tell me. <laughs> fix your mouth. All right. Well, we'll do that. But you know what, man, this uh, this is going to be a good matchup as well with the Jets playing New England Patriots. Uh, when you, that quarterback is uh, with the Jets. Uh, is going to he's going to uh, have to really show up. He's going to have to play, and he's going to have to make some really good decisions and not be one dimensional. Yeah, I see Hus Antonio Holmes and those receivers coming out big in the end. And that that's we're going to move to this next segment, and we're going to be talking about what we're going to be talking about in the last segment. We're going to be talking about the Nevada Wolfpack playing the Boston oh, College last night. On Man, come on. We're going to talk about a real bowl game or what? Well, that was a real bowl game, <laughs> big fella. <laughs> <laughs> the Capital One Bowl, big fella. We'll be back after these messages and smell what the rock is cooking, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Are you ready for an old school in-your-face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football-related topics on the program From Under the Helmet with your hosts, Derek Ennard and the coach, Al Gross. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Don't miss the show that gives you exclusive access to your favorite pro athletes off the field and in our communities. Join host Nick Murphy for Heroes Radio. Hear it directly from the source as we take you behind the scenes with your favorite stars. It's sports, community, entertainment, and fun. And it's all part of Heroes Radio. Tune in Friday afternoons at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, only on the Voice America Sports Channel. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. are listening to From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and the coach Al Gross. We want to hear from you now. Call in with your comments, questions, or whatever to 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or shoot us an email to dk7drey at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It's Derek Kennard and Coach Al Gross here at Thumb Under the Helmet. And we're back here talking about our college segment, 
And we had my beloved University of Nevada football players were playing the Boston College last night uh, on ESPN, and we came out victoriously. And I was just um, just ecstatic about the Wolfpack pulling out this win. And I tell you what. This Kaepernick is coming out this year, and uh, he is a version. He is a he is a throwback version of of a Mercedes to to a Hyundai. But we gonna beef him up and put some rims on him and put him on out there anyway. <laughs> as a, as a, as a Cam Newton, his kid is coming out to college. But you know what? He's uh, he has excellent range and he has excellent potential to. To be an excellent uh, quarterback in the NFL, tell me what did you see in this football game last night, Coach? This was an outstanding game with a 13-20 victory. Uh, the Nevada Wolfpack pulled it out here in San Francisco at the Capital One Bowl down down in San Francisco. Well, I think that quarterback has an excellent opportunity to be a pro quarterback. He shows a lot of intangibles. I think he's kind of like on the line of Tim Tebow, some of these other guys that can run when he gets in trouble. So with a couple of years of uh, sitting on the bench with a back as a backup, I think he could turn into a good pro quarterback. And congratulations to the Wolfpack for beating a another one of the Big East teams who are, uh, you know, who they got into the to the big uh, BCS with uh, Connecticut, and we saw where Connecticut got beat down. Uh, it's kind of like the, the the Seahawks making it in, but we got to <laughs> get them in, and uh, you never know. Wow, but, uh, we'll take that. If that's all you got to give me, big fella, I'll take that. But you, know what I, <laughs> you know what? You know what, bro? We in a bowl game, and you guys have uh, UNA made a bowl game. I forget. I don't know if y'all made the no, bean. we got beat was, down. Was that the bean bowl down in uh, El Paso Bowl, whatever you yeah, was we at? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we went to the – Whatever it was, yeah. But Jay, back at back to this game. This this was a this was a game of turnovers. We had a bunch of turnovers, and interceptions, and fumbles. But it, uh, Nevada came out the number fifteen in the country. Came out and victorious down here in San Francisco. And you know, we have an innovator of sports down there. Uh, not innovator of sports, but an innovator of the offensive game with this pistol offense with Coach. Chris Alt being the innovator and the master of innovators of uh, of, of this wing tee, the conversion into this pistol offense. Give me some knowledge about what you think about this man just uh, just uh, just making this option run type of pistol offense. What as a defensive player, what do you see back there, standing from your range and height over there, looking at the, the offensive side of the ball? Well, the pistol is 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 the spread offense with another back sitting behind the quarterback. That's primarily what I see, and it gets the quarterback out of that under the center spot where he can get back if he wants to throw. And then they do a lot of the same stuff with uh, reading the end man of the line of scrimmage and deciding whether to hand it off or not. And it keeps the defense honest. It's kind of like play action on every play. But from a defensive standpoint, you just play you play your strength on defense. And you take away what they're trying to do, and that's uh, run basically like run the option. And uh, once you stop the option, that offense usually becomes in trouble. But here we are now. We don't have it's it's a copycat. It's catching up. Uh, he's been doing it a long time. You see the spread. Who's who's a version of that? 
Okay. Well, you know what, man? What I what I see is, is it gives the quarterback options either to run the ball and or to to pass it off and, and, and to option it off to his running back. And it also gives him an option to pull up and just uh, to, uh, to toss it because they have people in route as well. So it's from the offensive side of the ball, that's what I see out of this pistol offense, and it's a uh, it's a it's a new wave that is taking for uh, taking taking football by storm, and that a lot of uh, NFL coaches are taking a look at this and and they're running versions and simulations of this offense. So it's it's something to look forward to in the future, and I'd like to move on to Andrew Luck decided to stay in college and stay in school when he was going to be the number one pick, potentially the number one pick coming out in the draft. Now, Coach, we got a CBA collective bargaining agreement that, uh, that is taking place with a threat of a strike and a lockout by the owners, locking the players and, and the staff out. We got some controversy that's going to happen here now, uh, but this, you know, but this guy Hank Stan in school, school. Does this play a factor in him making this decision? Well, they, it could make a decision, uh, a factor, and make him making a decision. But I heard somebody say this uh, to Sam Bradford. He 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 had the major shoulder injury in his year after he was the number one pick projected to come out. He went back into school, hurt his shoulder. He ended up becoming the first-round pick, but there's always that danger. Now, number two, uh, when you have the winning lottery ticket in your pocket, you don't hold on to it for a year before you cash it in. You cash it in right now. Because if we take in the, f- the factor that he can always go back to school and pay for And when you're a millionaire, you can pay for your own college. And he's got one year left. And I don't see where uh, coming out right now is going to prevent him from getting his education. And uh, what do you feel about that? Well, this this man is making some intelligence decision as a as a former player, uh, and and looking at it from a player standpoint, I say go in there and cash that winning lottery ticket. But my, now, I take that hat off and put my daddy hat on and be a father and a and and a mentor towards my sons. I'm saying stay in school, get your degree, and uh, you can make a make six figures with your with your with your degree, and uh, not worry about that unless it uh, is there for the takings once you get your degree. Now. <clears throat> You you had an argument about uh, uh, about making you can all that money Go back to you can't never get that money back. Well, you I can't don't, never I, get this year's salary back. He would be making two the signing bonus this year's contract plus next year's money and on to two or three years with a certain amount guaranteed over a, over a three or four year contract. Now I got to shoot in the mouth with this. Now we 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 have a situation here with the collective bargaining agreement being uh, in place once he does sign. Hopefully uh, next year when he does come out. But uh, if he did came out this year, it's, it's going to be a collective bargaining agreement with a pay scale for the rookies now coming in. There's going to be one next year. When he comes out, too. If they implement it this year, there's going to be one next year. Absolutely. So, so either way, it was going to be a pay scale. So, uh, you know, so the, the dad came in and said, son, it's going to be a pay scale. You may as well go on back to school. Get that six figures by earning it through your degree. 
and your education. Get that, get it that way. Then you're you a win win either way, son. Go on, well, get let, let me just shake say your this, money DK. maker, baby. Let me say this: from when we played twenty twenty five years ago, when the salaries were at a million dollars, I remember looking at the pay scale for the entire league. It came out public, and the only person making a million dollars in the mid eighties was Joe Montana. Now. Uh, you take into fact now we fast forward, we got the strikes, we've got the player increases, free agency. Now the money is so far removed from that, you got the average player making $2.5 million a year. Now the average starter is making $2.5 million a year. When you start talking about first-round draft choices, the money to set yourself up for life is there right up front. I so know. if you invest it and you – Go back and pay for your own school and still get that degree. I don't see where that hurts the kid. I see what you're cooking, big fella. It, it all sounds good, but you know, and you have you have a, a, a young a young woman as a as 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 a as a dad. You know that you want your child to go to college. A young woman. Have, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, she she will be. <laughs> she will be. She's a young girl now, but she will be a young lady later. But you know what happens, man? You want the best for your child, and that's that. The dad advised his son. To, for the best for him, and you know, uh, you can't knock a guy that want to go want to go to college. But talk to me, big fella. He's already in college, but you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't agree with that point. Uh, if if he were my son, I'd make sure number one, I'd first get an agent that has a track record for for creating financial stability for his lifetime from players he's already worked with. Mm-hmm. Number two, I. would talk to that team, the Carolina Panthers, and say, look, this guy is going to go back to school mm-hmm. for until he graduates, and that's going to be part of the stipulations of them drafting. You can draft him if you want to. You don't have to. But right. he's going back to finish his degree. So if they can't agree on that and we can't get the numbers right, that'd be part of whether or not he would even go out, go, go to that team or not. Yeah, uh, Coach, you're, you're referring to those OTAs that those guys have to, the off-season training uh, 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 stuff they have to do that, uh, that requires that they be there almost the entire off-season. That's, uh, that's grueling. It's, uh, it's year-round now. And uh, I, I smell what you're cooking on that because you want, you know, you can put those stipulations into the contract to let them know that he will not be available during the summer months because he will be in school. He can't put that into the stipulations of the contract yes sir now you know with with all with all that good stuff said about the young man he will be coming back to stanford that makes stanford a powerhouse (laughs) going into the fall that's going to make them the possibly the number one team number two team coming in to go you know behind oregon depending on who wins this game tonight i sure like to know the score of this game because i know it started about 17 minutes ago and it's uh it's going be a humdinger and is already in session here at uh, Glendale, Arizona. Is this is uh, is going to be a humdinger, big fella? And we're going to lead right into that in just a few minutes. But you tell me, man, <clears throat> who's going to win the Pac-10 with the uh, Oregon in the Pac-10? You got you got uh, being the leaders of the of the Pac-10, and then Stanford coming up behind them. Then you, of course, you got USC and coming maybe coming out of there with. With U of A, give me some love on this. Well, you know it's going to be, be really be determined by what happens with Oregon as far.
far as who goes pro, or Michael James, you're going to be if he stays or if he goes. And we're looking at some of the interior linemen and different people who are graduating. I really haven't looked into who's seniors and who's junior, who's who's that draft eligible. But let's look at this game tonight, big fella, and let's see who wins, and then we'll we'll draw our conclusions from that. Man, that smells good. Hey, well, let's go right into our break, and we're going to come back in just a few moments and talk about the BCS Auburn versus the Oregon Ducks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports joe cribs no average joe is here for you the fan to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports we'll discuss not only the headliners but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today it's a forum for the sports fan hosted by joe cribs a three-time pro bowler with the buffalo bills joe is a 10-year pro football veteran a former southeastern conference most valuable player and a member of the alabama sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you ready for an old-school, in-your-face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football-related topics on the program From Under the Helmet with your hosts, Derek Ennard and the coach, Al Gross. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. are listening to From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard and the coach Al Gross. We want to hear from you now. Call in with your comments, questions, or whatever to 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or shoot us an email to dk7drey at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our final segment From Under the Helmet with Coach Al Gross and Derek Kennard. And DK, we got a game here where both teams average somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 points a game on both sides of the ball. Uh, they both have similar defenses. And you know, uh, I draw a comparison of this game to the 
USC Texas game where you had Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush on the one side, and you had Vince Young and his weapons on the other side. Very similar setup here, uh, being played at a neutral site for all the marbles. And if it can be as good a game as that game was, which it came down to the last series, uh, I'll be happy with that. Yes, this is going to be a barn burner. You know, I, I will be highly disappointed if. Either one of these teams doesn't score forty nine points apiece. <laughs> it's gonna be a it's gonna be a high scoring game, but you know I I I I have to tell you that the Oregon Ducks has a high level pace to this game where they do not huddle. They uh, this is the the Speedy Gonzalez type of offense that's the, that they're running. They run in plays nine to ten seconds or less each play. It's going to be some some type of game here. Now, um, <clears throat> looking at Oregon, they do some of the similarities of that, but they take their time doing it, and it's uh, uh they they're not in a big hurry. But uh, Oregon, they they control the tempo, they control. The, the the speed and they're not missing a beat. Everybody's conditioned and well trained. I have a concern for the Auburn boy. Uh, what is it, the War Eagle baby? War Eagle the baby. Auburn Tiger War Eagle. War Eagle baby. War Eagles uh, is going. They do not have the option of of one person knowing and calling the defense. Everybody has to know and call the defense because the the nature of how the Oregon Ducks set set up their offense. They are going at a speed at a speed and a rate that is is, is unheard of. Well, uh, so we, they better step it up, big fella. Well, you know, from being a defensive player, when you have a team that's going no huddle, it does wear on you especially in the second half of the game and both of these teams uh, are similar where they run the spread. You know they run the spread on the uh, Auburn side and they run the same offense on the other side. And when you if your offense can't move the ball, it's going to wear you down at the end of the game because it's a speed game. Both teams play with the speed and they depend on their speed and they both depend on their quarterbacks being able to run out of there when he gets in trouble. So. Uh, I'm sure wind sprints have been a big part of the preparation and getting keeping people in shape. And I, I just see the Oregon Ducks with more balance with Michael James. They're going to depend on the run just a little bit more than they are with Cam Newton. And I see that uh, I think that the Oregon Ducks are going to come come out on top. And I, I'm going to go for the Pac-10 since I'm I'm a Pac-10 player and uh, former player, and uh, I want to see the Pac-10 bring one home national championship. Well, you know, I'm going to have to uh, differ from you and go with the Auburn War, baby. The War <laughs> Eagle, baby. The War Eagles, they, this, the, the brute strength. I'm going with the Braun, big fella. The Braun. It's going to be Will. LeBron James, LeBron. No, this is Will over skills. Their will. They're going to they're gonna, they're, uh, put their will is going to overtake their skills at the Glendale UOP Stadium here in Glendale, Arizona. When I'm talking about that, I'm talking I'm talking about how how are we going to handle them by way of of uh them taking them is by running the ball, overtaking them by their strength and and and, and the tenacity and 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 
this they got some big boys up front, and they're gonna bubble some snot up and around here in uh, the Oregon Ducks. Cause these there's some little there's some little fellas. They not they're not built for this big fella. Well, we're gonna find out because we saw where where a lot of these Big Ten teams uh, they have a little bit more speed in the SEC than the Big Ten. But we saw where Braun over <laughs> speed in today's game of football will not win you the big games when you put two neutral teams from different conferences together historically and in the last few years it's been speed on defense speed on offense we got the synthetic fields now they're not playing outside they're in the dome I will, it's going to be interesting to see I, and you know what? I, I want you to know that this field is not synthetic. They got a field that, that shuffles in and shuffles out, and it's on it's on a platform that 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 they will it out and they will it back in, and it's is a this is a authentic. Ground with mud and all that good stuff. <laughs> you ain't gonna find no mud in this dome <laughs> in a dome stadium. I'm letting you know right now that is a grass field they're playing on, so there's not no synthetic surface tonight, big fella. But I want you to know that this war eagle, baby, they're gonna knock they're gonna knock the snot out of these Oregon ducks and, and put it on them, and it's gonna be one heck of a game, and I want you to stay tuned. ESPN is this game in action right now. The Oregon Ducks got the ball at nine fifty two in the first quarter, and uh the score is still zero zero. There's uh not much has been done yet, so we're gonna wait and see what transpires in this game tonight, big fella. It's going to be a barn burner. I can't wait to come back next week and talk about that. What do you have in store for us for the Hitman Sports? It's coming up next month uh, with the with the combines for the young men here in the, in the Valley of the Sun. Well, DK, you know you're going to be with me on this, and uh, we're, we're trying to get some of these kids into college. So we'll have a Hitman Sports Combine, which will be different from a lot of the other uh, combines because uh, we're going to do more football playing than we are standing around in line doing drills uh, and, 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 and measuring how much somebody can bench press. We're going to try to find the best football players and get them out to, to the schools to get them some exposure. I will be out there assisting you with that. Uh, you have some dates and times for me uh, for, set for that yet? Yes, February 12th. Registration's at 8 o'clock in the morning. And uh, uh, go to www.hitmansportstraining.com. It'll give you more details on what we're doing out there. Oh, I smell you, big guy. All right. I wanna. I would also like to plug the, the Pro-Ed's performance for for my son, Derek Kennard, Jr. Yes, sir. He, he has Pro-Ed's performance out there in uh, Chandler, Arizona. And we also have uh, Blueprint Education for Kids at Hope at uh, the central location off of 12th Street in Apache. I want to thank you all for joining us here at From Under the Helmet with Coach Al Bubba Gross. And we want to come back next week with all these ball barn burner uh, games that we have. We got some bloodbaths going to take place this weekend, Coach. And it, we're going to have a whole lot to talk about. And it's going to be some casualties of war. <laughs> yeah, this is another good weekend of football. Both uh, No more pretenders. They're all contenders and some great football. Well, wait a minute. I'm going to back up and say with the exception of Seattle. And we'll, <laughs> see you. we'll see you next week on From Under the Helmet. Right on, baby.
for joining us for From Under the Helmet. Derek Gennard and the Coach Al Gross will be back next Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel for another look at college and pro football from under the helmet. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.